0: To these theories and i, I want you all to pop in on your thoughts about these uh the very first theory is that there are no ghosts or any supernatural natural activity at all going on in the film and it is only jack's inner demons and psychosis that are
1: causing everything
2: that's what i inferred now, from the film entirely from the first time i've watched it
1: then how do you, how do you explain the, the black guy's involvement in the story then
0: Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to break all this down because this is actually interesting that they, the, the person who broke all this down, there's a room, there's a, there's a documentary called Room 237 where a lot of these got introduced and people have went since then and just ran with them. Oh my
2: God. It's like every theory, um, isn't it? In that film
0: or that documentary, I should say. Yeah. Um, so the, the first one is that Dick Halloran is is a terrible psychic. And if you watch the movie, he only gets two out of nine predictions, right? uh, in the film. And one of them it, that he, that he gets wrong is his own death. Like if he was actually a true psychic, he would have realized that, that Jack was there or his presence was there and he would have avoided getting, you know, killed instantly. By that. Yeah. So that's, that's what I person. said. Nah, when, my,
2: when, he wa- when he I, went into the thing, he was like, is anybody but, here? And I was like, shouldn't say, I, he know? I, I,
1: I got to refute that because like anytime you watch psychics try to predict the future, it, it, it doesn't show you guaranteed outcomes. It shows you p- probabilities more than anything. So but, but there's he, more than
0: that. Like the only two things that he gets right in the movie is that he calls uh, that he calls Danny Doc, uh, and he even says that he you know he he used the excuse that he heard him saying that, which he may or may not have. Where you know what we're being fed in the movie is you know up to you know uh, the viewer to decide. And, um, the other thing he gets is he, he asked him if you'd like ice cream. Now, how common is it to ask a kid if you like yeah. if he likes ice cream that he's going to say yes. Yeah. So, that's exactly. what, no, no, no,
1: so, so the kid heard that in his head when he asked him if he wanted ice cream then,
0: well, is he actually? That's the thing that they get into. Is he actually? Is that actually happening? Because all you see, Danny's just staring into the camera, like or at, or past the camera. He's not actually acknowledging that he's even hearing Dick at all. He doesn't respond back. In the the Shining miniseries, he talks to the Dick, and he's you know like they, they talk back and forth. Kubrick cut that out for this in, specific purpose. You only see. Uh, Dick kind of looking, you know, at Danny in that scene. He is saying, you know, the stuff, you know, in the, you know, that you hear, and then Danny's just kind of like, you know, staring off in the distance, like yeah, he's but, not really acknowledging there's that, also that two, he can hear
1: it. There's a ton of the framing where he set up where his parents didn't like him, leaning into that side of himself. So is he trying to is he trying to suppress it, and that's why he doesn't get used as much?
2: Yeah, but I don't know. We can go. We can go down a rabbit hole because. If you're going to talk about that, we could talk about how young he is of a psychic and the fact that even if he's not answering Doc, his mind would be telling Doc what's going on. And he completely almost shuts that off, too, because Doc still has to kind of dig a little deeper.
0: Well, and I'm going to throw that out there, too, that. Uh, Or there's another thing, uh, whenever uh, Dick, if if Dick can read his mind, uh, he actually has to ask Danny what type of ice cream he would like to have. Uh, Oh, yeah. Why why can't he figure that out? Like, you know, know. like, would you like chocolate ice cream, Doc? Like, why can't he figure that out from reading his mind? You know what would be funny
2: is if while Doc, or not Doc, uh, while um, Dick and and the mom, Wendy, are having this conversation in the pantry because he's kind of showing her I don't know, there's a few things here and there. The kid, he didn't really hear him say that. It's just the kid just heard what he wanted to hear. Hey, man, you want some ice cream? And there's like a serious conversation going on in the background. And we're meant to think, oh, wow, he heard his mind. Nah, that kid just wanted ice cream.
0: (laughs) And- there's the other thought, too, is that maybe Danny is not – he's not a psychic, but he's just a really intuitive kid. Like yeah, there's can, always you know, that. Read people, Like, you know, the scene where he's asking about 237 whenever, you know, Doc – or, I mean, you know, Halloran is explaining the shine, uh, you know, he basically, you know, um, there's no hint given in that scene that he got that from Dick's mind. It was just maybe he – walked, you know, something about that room – you know, uh, you know, and whenever he mentions it and he sees, you know, uh, Dick Halloran's, like, response, like, in his face, he reads into that, you know, and, and that's kind of where he goes from there. Was there like anything the about Room stuff?
2: 237 prior to that scene? Because I was like, was that just something the kid came up with?
0: Being it's not shown like a, in the movie. Okay, okay. That I'm aware of. Okay. I, I thought I was going um, crazy. I was like,
2: fuck, I missed something.
0: But there's also the fact that and I'll get into this with especially with the Wendy theory, that whole scene with Dick and, and, and Danny and Wendy in that pantry, we're getting fed a load of horse shit anyways from like the, the movie's perspective and I'll get into the why, but there's a lot of cuts in that, that, that scene that Kubrick if depending upon whether you believe that he was a genius and put him in there for that reason, or if he was just a shitty director and missed the continuity errors in his movie, they're in there and Mm -hmm. I'll get into them, but they they kind of make you think, well, is this shit really happening? Or is this like, you know, somebody imagining this, um, but, um, like I said, Danny really never gives any indication of in the movie that he truly has any psychic abilities. Like even the whole scene where he's supposedly calling Dick there's, he's not doing anything. Dick's kind of staring off at, you know, and imagining the stuff that's going on in the hotel, but it, the Kubrick completely cuts out anything like, you know, relating that, that the two are communicating for that particular reason. Um, the scene where Wendy sees skeletons and the bear uh, bear man slash old man sex scene come after her after major trauma and isolation herself. And uh, with other indicators in the film leading up to that questioning her mental state, those could all have been her breakdown at that point. And what you're seeing is like her psychosis. So you can't really rely on that as a sign that there's ghosts in the hotel. Um, it's never actually shown who let Jack out of the pantry. And in the scene where he's pleading and promising he will do better, uh, the theory is that the person who laid him out was actually Danny because the way he worded, that specifically worded in that scene, he's like, "I will do better this time. I will, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll make up for my mistakes." It's almost like he's telling his son, "I know yeah. I messed up, but I'll do better, son. Let me out." You know. Uh, we're stretching.
1: And we're that. that, that we're no, making well, some here, giant. Here's
0: the, here's the thing, and I, I'm, no, I'm going to throw this out there to you. This. The editor of the film actually responded back to this video I watched on YouTube, and he said that the person who came up with this whole theory was actually uh, really spot on with how Kubrick views it, viewed it because Kubrick filmed a scene where Grady let uh, Jack out of that pantry, and then in the editing process decided to cut it because he said that it gave too much uh, you know, sway to the supernatural side. He wanted it to be vague on who actually opened the door. I mean, you infer it based you know, off the on conversation,
2: but that's just the conversation could be in Jack's head.
0: There's that other part of it. Um, or it wasn't occurring at all and it was in somebody else's mind, which we'll get to the, with Wendy's theory. Um, uh, we can never actually see, trust anything that Jack sees when it comes to the ballroom singer or Lloyd the bartender. Uh, cause, and is I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a lot of continuity errors at this point to kind of make you, uh, you know, suspect or try to, you know, uh, critique what you're actually seeing. The previous caretaker Allman mentions as being Charles Grady and the fact that he had a daughter or two daughters who were eight and 10, the ones we see in the movie, uh, the guy's name is Delbert Grady, meaning the name is totally messed up and his daughters are twins. So that right there is like a huge break between the beginning of the movie and the end, meaning that somebody's fucking this up in their own mind and, may, and creating these things.
2: Which is funny because isn't in real life, weren't the actresses that played the twins, weren't they actually like eight and ten? They weren't the same age? Uh, they,
0: they, they probably were, but they were made to look alike. Yeah, they were least. made to look like twins. Um, the other thing that this this theory posits is that when Jack is telling Lloyd he never hurt Danny um, he he goes on to say that it's been three years since he he, he does admit it he changes his tone but then he said it's been three years ago but if you go back and watch the beginning of the movie, Wendy is telling the doctor that it's only been five months since Jack, you know, had his last drink and that's whenever he dislocated Danny's arm. So one of the two of them is lying. It was either three years ago or it was five months ago, but regardless, we, there's another unreliable narrator that we have in the movie. There's a big break in continuity. Um, so the, a lot of the theory behind the Jack is just going crazy is the fact that it uses the continuity errors to make you wonder if he's, you know, anything that you're seeing supernatural is actually happening on screen or is if that's like, you know, Jack imagining the stuff happening or whatever. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, cause it, it there it's just enough vague stuff going on and there's enough stuff going on in the background uh, around those scenes to make you question what you're seeing is being told to you in the right way. So I'm going to let uh, Noah comment on this before we move on to the next part of this. Cause I, I think you'll agree with the next part, but I, it sounds like you don't agree. No, with the, there's it, no supernatural stuff.
1: It, it, I I think there is supernatural stuff, but I, I, I think it's the supernatural with them being psychic sensitive or whatnot. I, I, I think there's, 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 I know you, I know you're putting out inconsistencies and stuff like that but I I think it's legit. I don't think his son let him out of the the out of that um that pantry room or not. I don't believe that. I think the ghost actually let him out of it and stuff like that. Cuz so then who who so then who grabbed it, who grabbed him in room 2 237 and ripped his shirt? Danny's shirt. There's other theories about that too. <laughs> uh
0: we're going to get into that theory. That's a that's a dark theory, a bad one too. And it plays in the Jack is a psycho, but I didn't include it in that because I want it to be broken out in its own thing, and it's it's bad. <laughs> um, um,
2: I'm the one who who, when I first watched the film as a young child, I always thought that it wasn't supernatural. These were characters that he created in his head. But to be fair to what my husband's theory is, is I never was able to explain. Okay, well then, how did the pantry get opened? I obviously I didn't put any deep thought into any of the theories that wasn't a thing for me back then. I was just like, I don't, I think he's just crazy and he's imagining these things and then never really kind of put thought into, okay, well, how did this happen? How did this happen? Blah, blah, blah.
0: Um, the thing that goes along with this theory that I've got to throw out there because it plays such a huge part in all of this is the fact is the mirror theory. And it's the only time that you see a reality in the movie is whenever Jack is looking into a mirror including the scene where he looks straight at the camera, breaking the fourth wall, and then brings Lloyd into it. Like, I mean, it for a second... It's, you know, he before his delusion kicks in and he sees Lloyd the bartender, he's it's like he's looking to a mirror back into his own self and then then goes into And there's several other scenes in the movie, like the scene where Wendy walks in with the, the breakfast and Jack has that horrible scene where he basically gives her that look like, yeah, you're going to teach me how to write a novel, I'm sure. You know, like that whole, the way he interacts with her, which Nicholson's acting is superb in, oh, in yeah. all those scenes. Um, but like he, it's filmed from the mirror when you're seeing it and, and mirrors play. And every time that he walks past the mirror on the way to the ballroom, before he sees the scene, uh, with them dancing and stuff, he freaks out and spasms every time that he walks past the mirror. So it's like, and one more thing, Miss Massey, whenever he's making out with her, she's a beautiful woman. But when he looks in the mirror, she's this old hag. So like the mirror is the truth. Is mm-hmm. basically the theory behind a lot of this stuff. Like what you're seeing otherwise is the psychosis. And it's only when he has to reflect upon his own, like in the mirror is the only is the only part where he's actually seeing himself, which is an
1: interesting theory yeah. on top of all that. See, I, I, did, um, I had a different theory. I, my theory was that he also has the shining too. So he's super receptive to what's going on in the hotel.
2: And that would make sense. Well, would, he would be uh, sensitive to any spirits that would be in the hotel. That would make sense. Yeah, and I w- he's
1: already I unstable.
0: I will agree with you. It actually in the novel, that's what King hints at, and he brings it up again in in Doctor Sleep. Like Jack Torrance was did have the shine. It wasn't as strong as Danny's, but he had it. And like I said, the only reason he it didn't work for so many years is because he was an alcoholic and that's what actually in Dr. Sleep, when we get into that, that's how Danny tamps his down is because he becomes an alcoholic and, and a drug user. And that's what, you know, cuts the shine out basically. So you're right. I mean, you're right, but I mean, it, it, is that Kubrick's interpretation? Cause like I said, he, he hated the supernatural element of it uh, from what most people talked about. So
1: yeah, but it's um, hard, but you can't get away from it. That's the thing is like, he would have had to make make a totally different movie and the, the, i think that and, and like, like he, i said that go ahead go ahead well cuz t- even though stanley kubrick changed a lot of the dynamics of the movie he still played in the sandbox of the of the actual initial thought so he didn't really get out of it i mean he, he tried to do it but he didn't do a good job of breaking away from it if that's what he was trying to do
0: well I'll, I'll, it's brought back in in a, in a roundabout sense in the Wendy theory, so we'll see if that, there's that multiple makes theories. Sense.
2: So you, you got to buckle up because <laughs> yeah, there, it, this, you might, you these might. are just all kinds of crazy theories that fans and and skeptics and everyone have come up with to try to explain not only well primarily the movie but also the book too. A bunch of
1: crazy people.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but it's kind of <laughs> cool to kind of go through because we can expl- We can go through this movie, but most people, if you unless you're living under a rock, most people either have seen The Shining or know what The Shining is and know about it in one form of media or the other. So rather than us just going through the basics of, oh, this is the film we watch and this happened and this happened and this happened, we're like, okay, let's go through all the fucking crazy shit that people have come up with. See, um, it, it'd
1: been one thing if you dropped a twist at the end, right near right where Jack was getting close to dying, that all of a sudden the reality was it was a lot of him causing it, but you never got that. You never got a reveal that Indicated it still st- it still kept true to the whole idea.
2: Well, this was Stanley Kubrick's vision of it too, and Stephen King had his own vision as well, which is why Stephen King didn't like Stanley Kubrick's way of it. I mean, I don't know. And, we got We got to go into well, all it, of it though.
0: Th- this leads into the next theory because it could be that Kubrick is leaving the supernatural in there because human beings. Use the supernatural to excuse their own dark tendencies. Yeah, because the film, the next theory is the film is just as an allegory about human violence uh, and how it's a vicious, un- unending uh, cycle. And uh, that's made you know the, the references that people use in this is the many re- is the all the references in the movie to the the, the violence against uh, or from white settlers against uh, Native Americans, uh, there's numerous like, you know, Native American, uh, you know, or Indian, you know, type relics in, in the hotel. Uh, at one point, Ullman even mentions it was built on a bar- uh, Indian burial. Yeah. Ground, which is kind of they funny, had to throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, um, there's, uh, not only is there the references to the whites versus the natives, there's also numerous references to the number 42, which is on Danny's Jersey. And there's several other parts in the film where it pops up. And a lot of people say that the fact that, uh, Jack uses like a German typewriter that was specifically, oh, you know, God. made apparent in the movie, uh, kind of hint that there was a, a representation of Nazis in the Holocaust.
1: And yeah. But then you'd have only- to, but hold on, hold on. You'd have to know that about the typewriter. I didn't know that about the typewriter.
2: Well, see, that's yeah, the but thing, that's but that's the, the thing. thing about Convert. inferences is that is that they're put there, but yeah, most but, majority of people won't notice. But
1: what do the Germans have to do with the with the Indians?
0: No, it's not about that. It's about it's it's showing the different ways that human beings have been like evil against each other. In addition to the fact that Jack is being evil or is being an abuser of his his wife and his son, which is a whole other like microcosm like you know violence or whatever of man against man. It throws in these other references on top of it. yeah, but then are, th- you know,
1: th- but that doesn't hold up through generations by that examination for the fact that your understanding of what makes you more and why. You are the way you are, gets better and better as humans progress. So if you were to look at humans from 40 years ago, think about how over the top violent a lot of parents were. Well, like, yeah.
2: And didn't he mention something when he was talking in the bar about his kid, uh, you know, how much he loves his kid and how he wouldn't hurt him, but he had a, you know, he had, you know, a a, a breakdown, if you will, and he's trying to be a better person. And then at some point he says white man's burden.
0: Yeah, well, they, you mentioned the white man's burden, which ties into the Native American reference. And, uh, yeah, man.
2: I mean, in Kubrick, the thing about it is, too, is that Kubrick is notorious for doing this in almost all of his films. Either that or people are like, okay, is he hiding this stuff intentionally or is this just stuff that we're finding that just, like, ties in really well?
1: <laughs> you know uh, what it I is? Think. It's it's like the most weird conspiracy section is what it is. We're, but, we're, we're taking but, but nuances the, and drawing conclusions. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs>
0: But but I don't know if it is because you got to remember you're viewing this from your own point of view. Hundred percent. And you're 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 more optimistic about it. You got to take like Kubrick, uh, from all intents and purposes, like from his movies, he was a very cynical man. So like maybe he didn't come from the view that human beings were getting better about their violence. They were just, you know, it was a different, you know, the violence kept perpetuating, but in different ways and in different areas. So like, I mean, it, you, I mean, you got to go with the director a little bit in the fact of what he was trying to convey versus what, you know, the viewer sees in it, you know, too, is, is kind of the, you know, the thoughts that some of these people have. Like one of the things like that's not made apparent, like the paintings in the movie all have symbolism, like in different ways. Like there's a, um, there's a painting that, that ties into the Nazi thing a little bit. Uh, that's in the background of the, at the Torrance's home. That shows these two naked children uh, next to a fire, and it's called "After the Bath." And it was, and that particular painting was used in another film called "Ararat," which is about the Turkish Armenian genocide. And a lot of people point that up as another, like you know, hint that you know it was about genocide and you know, like human nature about perpetuating this throughout time. And, um, you know, like he specifically threw that painting in there in the background of the Torrance's home. Uh, and you know, and, and you wouldn't pick up on it unless you were like really delving into it that way. Yeah. Um, the fact that, um, they, the, you know a lot of the, the history of violence or the cycle of violence is brought up in the movie the fact that there's the, the mentions of child abuse uh, from Wendy and uh, Danny's uh, attack in room 237 which is heavily hinted that Jack was the one that did that um, or, and you know before the whole theory about the crazy woman did it and all that sort of thing um, the fact that Kubrick altered the ending where Jack burns or instead of burning down the hotel like he did in the, the book, he uh, he basically just freezes to death, but the hotel's left there to linger and claim more victims, which is you know more uh, representative of the you know the violence will continue, just yeah. you know See, with a the different person.
1: I uh, almost let me let me. I, I almost took it from the position that the hotel needs to claim lives. Yes, is how I took it. Well,
0: in the, in the King novel, it it. Does uh, because it feeds off of them, and they get into that doctor sleep about there's these creatures that feed on psychic energy, and that's what it's doing. And and even Grady himself could have been, you know, or his twins could have. Probably the twins were probably psychic, and that's what manifested the ghost during his time period. But um you know, Kubrick is like I said, there's no there's no real sense that he goes that direction and even the the you know the grady's and their violence that they had just you know maybe like a half decade before you know uh the Torrances moved into the hotel shows that whole familial violence coming back again it was cycled back into the rotation so that kind of plays into all this and
2: exactly 10 years later i don't know (laughs) if that has anything to do with it but it was a 10-year window between the two situations
0: Now, if we're going to go along with the the darker theories, the the Jack is a psycho and this whole you know abuse you know violence type situation, we've got to bring up the fact that Danny Torrance. uh, There's a theory out there that he was sexually sexually molested by Jack during the movie. Um, And this one's complicated, so I'll have to I'll go through this. And even with that, it's going to be hard without seeing it. The the YouTube video I'll link to is has got a better representation. Yeah, but basically. the scene where Danny first talks to Tony in the, in the Torrance's bathroom is followed by a scene where a physician is asking Danny about his mental state in this scene that Danny looks to be covering his genitals. Uh, he, when he's asked about Tony, he says it's a voice that lives inside his mouth, but disappears into his stomach. And we're going to how sick that is later. If the theory is true.
1: Yeah, but he's, in, uh, he's there in his undies and the physicians talking to him. So he's, I think if anything, he's being more like a boy and is covering your junk like I, I think didn't
0: think he could be but think I
2: about,
1: mean, think about it, what, okay we'll, these are look. just theories let's no, I, go through I, them I, I know but i'm just i'm i'm playing devils advocate to the other side that <laughs> if you're a young boy and you get a stranger even if it's a doctor sitting over you even when even when i was a kid even now if i take my son to the hospital and they're doing a checkup like a physical and they're having to grab his balls and have him cough even then he gets a little like
2: Oh, he will suck his balls back into his body and in hide cup, them.
1: Yeah, but so but if you're a young boy, because I remember going to get sports physicals, I wasn't really sold on what doctor was touching my balls at the time. And, like, the last <laughs> thing I want to do is leave them on display, even if I was <laughs> standing there. I remember being there in my tidy whities and my hands would be over my sack area. So I <laughs> just understanding how a young boy is, that's how you are. You're not really... You're not trying to put him in display at that time. You're not really throwing out the vibe to the dark. Well,
2: that and it's it's a film, and they probably couldn't show his testes.
1: But even they, they don't not, want to. A, a young boy's not going to be out in the open, like, whatever, take a gander. He's just going to be like, eh, I don't Complete know. Complete well,
2: opposite of how they are at home. It is balls all no, over the place. Well, when they're younger.
1: But even then, like, when Benny gets to the shower, he, like, covers up. And, no, like, I'm aware. He's his room.
0: <laughs> so. He's but, older now. Um, during this scene while he's filming this that he's laying on like this stuffed bear like a poo bear Yeah whatever. I saw that. That's, um and that ties in later to the scene with the man in the bear suit and we'll get you know obviously the scene That was creepy.
1: That. I don't know what the hell that was about.
0: Well, that's what the That's what he's trying is. to that's get why to. They threw it okay. in there. So, uh, Wendy and Danny leave Danny's room at this point after the doctor does, and there's a sticker on the wall or on the door or whatever it is of that was originally there of dopey from Disney snow white, which is actually referenced several times in the King novel, which is kind of interesting that, uh, Kubrick threw that, that reference in there, but whenever they leave dopey is missing from the wall. And some people are saying that that might be like Kubrick's way of hinting at lost innocence at that point for Danny because he's, you know, went through, like he's, you know, this trauma, he's kind of relived it, you know, from Jack. Um, uh, so, and the inconsistency plays in there a bit, like we said before. Uh, Jack is uh, shown, and this is this is interesting, Jack is actually shown to be reading a play girl, not a play boy, but a play girl, whenever Ullman walks up to ask him on a tour of the hotel. The interesting thing that people have noticed about this is, and and why why would Kubrick make it a Playgirl? Is first of all, see, I didn't even that notice specific,
2: that. You're not
0: <laughs> the supposed specific, to. The specific issue has on the cover of it an article about parents and incest. That's that's in that actual Playgirl issue that he is holding. People have researched this and found this. Uh, Jack and Danny seen in the bedroom of the hotel. Jack is seen leering like a predatory wolf as, Dan- as he beckons Danny into the room, which matches perfectly the hand movements of Miss Massey whenever she sees Jack later, as she, you know, as she's uh, kind of beckoning to him. Um, the scene uh, ends abruptly with no final resolution; it's a quick cut. So uh, the theory is is that maybe the stuff that we see shortly thereafter is not actually happening in reality, but in like, you know, but the room, t- the two thirty seven stuff is actually is 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 like the way of Jack's mind of covering up all this stuff, you know, like his way of not seeing what he's doing to his son. Um, Danny is seen outside room 30, two thirty-seven with a key in the door handle, which goes against the, you know, there's another knock against the supernatural. Cause why the fuck would a ghost need a key first of all? But some people say that's cause Danny got the key and opened up the room. But I say again, if she wanted him in there, she could open up the door. Um, and, um, the, you see the tennis ball rolling out to Danny. Now, if you watch the pattern on the carpet at this point in the movie, there's, it, it makes like this kind of like a pathway for the, the ball to come rolling at him. When, he, when it cuts quickly behind him and he stands up, and when it cuts back, that, that, uh, that pathway is gone, and it's behind him at that point. So there's another continuity error or some kind of way of symbolizing that what we're seeing is maybe not what's really going on. Um, whenever Danny goes to, or whenever we see the room, the door to the room open, uh, it doesn't actually show Danny doing it. It's just kind of at his height and it cuts quickly to show or to superimpose Wendy on the scene. And it shows a scene of her in the basement. And in the background, there is actually uh, graphic pornography all over the wall that she doesn't even notice. So it kind of, oh, oh, that,
1: oh. you know, what part was that?
2: It's when um, when Wendy's doing laundry, Danny's getting ready to walk into the bedroom, Wendy's doing laundry. And then she shortly after that, she hears Jack screaming. Uh, am I correct?
0: Yeah, it's right. after He that starts she hears screaming because
2: he's sleeping on his desk. So she runs. She's doing laundry. All of a sudden she hears. oh, And she like runs to go see what's going on.
0: But it, in that scene, like behind her while she's doing the laundry or whatever she's doing, there is like pornography all over the wall. and she I didn't even notice that, it. and
2: I forgot I had seen that in that YouTube video.
1: Yeah, I didn't know um, that either.
0: And, and that kind of hints toward the sexual nature of something going on that she's not aware of. She is not seeing the sexual stuff that's going on. That's the other symbolism. It's there, but she's not seeing it. Um, the door to the room... Um, Let's see. I've got that part. So Danny, whenever he's later seen with the marks upon his neck and Wendy's accusing Jack of doing it, Jack, if you watch that scene, acts like he's dazed as if he was caught in a bad dream. Like he has no idea what's Mm -hmm. like even going on. Like even Nicholson's like acting, he's just kind of like fuzzy or whatever. It's that, you know, um when jack later enters room 237 which had two doors which symbolizes that it's one of the larger rooms on that that floor and probably a honeymoon suite which you know means it's a place for fucking obviously um he sees uh when he goes in there he sees a sexy woman get out of the tub there's a pattern on the rug in front of her tub that looks exactly like the top of the mirror in the bedroom you can go back and watch this but it's the actual same design as the mirror that's in the bedroom scene between him and Danny and um whenever she begins to kiss and and whenever he begins to kiss and grope the woman and he looks in the mirror, which could be the mirror in the bedroom, that's whenever he gets horrified and disgusted at what he's doing and he backs off, Um, which could be a scene of him realizing that he's in the process of molesting Danny at that point is the theory. Um, Later, when Wendy is seeing the ghost in the hotel, she sees someone in a bear suit. Remember, Danny was lying on a bear whenever he's being examined by the doctor, uh, giving oral sex to an older man. Um, and that could be the moment where Wendy realizes in, you know, in her own way of what actually happened there with, because she was going by, you know, Danny's comment that there was some woman there. Danny could have been lying to protect his dad because he loved his dad and didn't want to, you know, and didn't want to, you know, say anything. And that's when Wendy finally woke up to what might've been happening with a the symbolism there in that scene. Uh, and the really dark theory is that Tony, could be the name for jack's penis basically whenever he talks about how it was lived in his mouth and it disappeared into his stomach that's the most horrible thing to think of in this movie but that's what the theory kind of puts out there
2: well there's a theory about the kid in the room like like just shaking and everything when it shows uh i forget which scene where it was i think i don't know if it's jack in room 237 dealing with miss massey yes um and it just keeps cutting back and he's Drooling, but he's, there's he's
1: drooling, yeah.
2: But there's talk about whether or not that's drool coming out of his mouth or not.
1: What the hell? That's serious. Some st- yeah, I, 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 I can get behind the idea of what people are trying to say, but them are some stretches, man. Like, because at the same time, I think he has more of a psychic connection of because all the psychic activities building to where Jack Nicholson's at, and it and then that it's so much it actually reaches out to the 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 black dude that's in Florida. And that's because at the same time, that's what stirs him awake.
0: If you believe that theory, but that's what I'm saying. Like the theory is, is that there's, like all, kin- the there's all kinds things. of theories. So
1: what, so what's <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, but the whole, the the other guy that has a shining. So what everything that he did was off intuition. So he flew well, all, he flew all the way from Florida to go back to the hotel off of intuition.
0: Well, here's the thing. Now, if you were like, say you met this family and you, you were an intuitive person and you, you met, you know, being the way he was, you met Jack Nicholson's character. And there's also, I got to throw this out there first. Cause I just remembered it. There's a scene whenever Jack's going through the hotel and there's like some female guests that go through there and he kind of gives like a leer after him. So that kind of shows that he's like, you know, a very, you know, like very sexual person. Like he's, you know like that's that's on his mind constantly but anyways um so yeah but so but that the- but that
1: doesn't get tr- put, portrayed in the movie very much like you don't get the notion that Jack Nich- that that Jack Nicholson is a very sexual predator i don't know i didn't i didn't that vibe never got conveyed tangibly to me it
0: well i mean it's it's the uh, y- there's a couple different scenes in the movie where he like, there's a scene where he looks in at Danny's bedroom and he kind of like ogles the bed. Like then it, it kind of, and, and Kubrick holds on that scene for just a split second. The scene where he kind of like, you know, looks after the women, the fact he's reading the Playgirl for whatever fucking reason. I mean, there's a, there in the, the pornography and there's a lot of sexual stuff that's in the background that, you know, that's in the background, you know, for Kubrick's sake. But as far as Dick Halloran goes, so you're this guy who's pretty intuitive. You meet, Jack Torrance, the way he is, whenever he first enters the hotel, you meet this uh, little boy, Danny, who, who seems to be, you know, like, I mean, kind of, you know, I, I would mention, he, he looks like he's on the spectrum. He looks like he's autistic <laughs> and, you know, Wendy, And you've worked at this hotel, honestly, that where a uh, guy's already killed his family. Now you, uh, there's a big winter storm that's just hit. You've already got concerns about this guy anyways, possibly, if you're that intuitive, uh, most people would would try to check out, you know, check up on them and try to see what they can come up with. And and a lot of people hold to that scene where he's calling the the you know the guy up, you know, at the that's that runs like the little you know, gas station slash garage or whatever they gets that, you know, snowcat from, you know, he even mentions, he's like, well, we got a bunch of assholes here and they're not going to work out. I mean that, that kind of play, if you go away from the supernatural element, that makes sense because if you were somebody who'd been in a situation like that or knew of it previously and your hackles were up anyways, because you kind of felt like this guy was kind of shady, you would want to be checking in to see that something weird ain't going on with this, this bunch. So Um, you, you can explain away the supernatural in that way. I'm not saying, I mean, like I said, King obviously went a totally different direction and you hear, you know, Danny in the shine in the, the mini series, he actually yells Dick's name and Dick, like every time that Dick hears his name mentioned, it's like he jumps or whatever to signify he hears him. Kubrick plays it completely different. He just kind of stares at the TV. So, I mean, leaving that vagueness about all of it.
2: And you got to remember, movies everywhere, films, every single film, someone is going to be looking into theories about, oh, this is why this person did. And no one from the film is ever going to confirm or deny because whatever kind of press they can get. On it, they're just—they're probably likely going to take it, unless it's something completely like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel like Kubrick should have come out and been like, uh, absolutely not. Uh, that was not semen coming out of that kid's mouth, or no, that was not the kid giving his dad a blowjob,
1: you know. Well, but he didn't. Yeah. Well, the thing too and is, this, the, go ahead, go ahead, man.
0: Well, I was going to say the thing too about that is, is that that's one of the few scenes uh, from King's novel that 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 Kubrick put in the film why that's you know that's a good point why did he put that specific weird scene that has no con- it has no connection to anything prior to that like i feel like he put that in there for a reason like you know i mean he chose that specific because i mean a lot of the other ghost scenes he kind of changed around from king's novel kind of fit what he wanted to do but he left that scene in there in particular oh god like, and- i think it was slightly i think it was slightly different the guy had a wolf's mask on or something in the, in the king novel but it, it he he left that in there for that reason and well, even I'll, changed it to a bear suit.
1: I'll, I'll grant you it's weird, 100%. Oh, 100%
2: weird, yeah. <laughs> um, and di- okay, so Stephen King was inspired to make this film when he stayed at that famous hotel that's now shut down. It's one of the most haunted hotels in America. I forget what it, it is. It was
0: room, yeah, it was room 217 in the novel. It wasn't 237. Okay,
2: it, but so Stephen King was... Heavily inspired. After he, he had a similar situation. He stayed at a hotel during the winter season while it was shut down because it was in too crazy of an area. Um, and he was inspired to write this book, um, Joe Hill, Blink Twice If You Need Help. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think he even dedicated the book to Joe Hill. It's a scary oh. thing because somebody po- he pointed it out. It was like to Joe Hill King shine on because that's where he got the title from Aww. was from, you know, the, uh the, the, you know, John Lennon song.
2: Yeah. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> that's kind of scary. That's honestly. my own
2: theory. So sorry, everyone.
0: <laughs> but
1: there, there is some weird stuff. Like the whole thing about that, that guy dressed up like that furry that was servicing the other dude, like at the end, that was,
0: and an old dude at that, they made a point to show he was an old guy that was getting serviced by that that bear. Yeah, so. that
1: was definitely pretty weird. <laughs>
2: okay, the Overhead Look Hotel was inspired by the Stanley Hotel, which was made by the creator Stanley, of yeah. Stanley Steamers, and it is said that the uh, the original Stanley, who cre- who did create the uh, steam vacuums, and his wife were friendly ghosts of the hotel. Like, his wife was seen, like, entertaining the ho- you know hotel guests in her living years, and then after death... She was also seen just kind of dressed immaculately, making sure things were going good, uh, often near the piano in the ballroom, things like that. So interesting story of the Stanley Hotel itself and how haunted it was. But the fact that, you know, it would have, I mean, and it's shut down now. It's just, it's literally like the Overlook Hotel. It, It is in a bad area. Not a lot of guests can get to it. It was designed to be put in an area where it's beauty. You know, you go to kind of escape. But during the winter seasons, it's like uh, you gonna die. <laughs>
0: Which they bring up in the Shining novel and miniseries. I mean, because Ullman in that is kind of like he is in the no, in the novel. He's he's a prick basically. And whenever Torrance is bringing it up, it's like you know why don't you uh, have skiing out here, you know? And he's like, well, we're too far out. That's cost too much. I mean, I think they mentioned that in this version. That's the the cost will be too much. But then like Allman goes on to say that the, they 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 build it more for the Vistic, you know, or the scenic beauty or whatever than they did for like the actual tourism part of it. Yeah. So, God, there's um, a website for the Stanley one. Hotel.
2: I'm wondering if it's actually. I think it's open again.
0: Uh, this we'll next theory uh, you might enjoy, Noah. This one, this one's easily. You can go either way, and I don't really care about this one. I just think it's funny. Uh, so Kubrick included references to the conspiracy theory that he that he was the one that helped fake the moon landing, and the things what? that he included <laughs> supposedly. Yeah. So. So, Danny wears a T-shirt with a rocket ship in the movie. Um, there is Tang in the pantry. That's very visible, you can see, referencing, you know, the drink of the astronauts. Jack Torrance's comments to Wendy as she's trying to defend herself with a bat are to the extent of he has, uh, he was employed to do a very specific job and he can't let his superiors down or they'll make him pay or something thereabouts uh there's there's people that argues that this was a way for kubrick to reveal the truth through the mirror film uh about his involvement with faking the moon landing and to assuage his guilt guilty conscience over the matter (laughs) the other argument that could be made is that he knew about that conspiracy theory and he was taking a piss uh with the people that were uh, that believed the conspiracy and threw that shit in there just to throw you know to to kind of edge them a little bit you know Mm -hmm. kind of throw uh, you know kind of poke them a little bit about their their whole theory.
2: Well yeah, I mean, whatever bring draws attention, <laughs>
1: why not? Uh, well, I almost want to watch it now and look for all those little subtle cues.
2: <laughs> I was watching last night looking for cues, I'll be honest with you, knowing a lot of the theories that I knew. I was watching it and I was like, I'm not 100% seeing it. Like I even tried. Um I I can in the back of my head like, yeah, I can see cuz they you want to keep something like that kind of subtle. You know, specifically with the child abuse, Um, but beyond that, I,
0: I, I honestly stuck I to my the original. Child abuse has got. I honestly think the child abuse and the cycle of violence stuff is is probably got more bearing than any of these other ones. Period. I yeah, mean, like you can argue the other ones around those, but there, the the fact that he threw that bear scene in there at the end makes me really think that he doubled back and wanted to hint that you know. Jack was involved in some pretty shitty stuff with Danny. Uh, yeah that way. I think that was kind of why that was thrown in there. Uh, we're gonna get to the probably the, the, the theory that uh, I thought was interesting uh, or the most interesting, but it also uh, does it, it incorporates uh, like several others into its uh, theory. Uh, is uh, called the Wendy theory and that's everything that you see that's supernatural or, or in the movie or that's off about Jack, Danny, and the hotel is actually a delusion created in the mind of a woman who was possibly a paranoid schizophrenic prior to going into extreme isolation and possibly suffered Munchausen by proxy.
2: I would believe um, that more than anything.
0: Th- hold, on, hold on,
1: Say that again now.
0: What? So the theory, the theory is, is that schizophrenic. everything you see in the movie... The, the, everything you see in the movie that's supernatural paints, Jack is a psycho has Danny is a, you know, the, the, has having the shine or that the hotel is, you know, in any way, shape or form got spirits is all the delusional paranoid, schizophrenic imaginings or hallucinations of a woman who is already crazy before she went to the hotel and, uh, was made worse because she was in isolation, you know, and, and her husband, you know, even from her husband that she didn't spend a lot of time with. Yeah.
2: He didn't want nothing now, to do with her. So
0: the linchpin, the linchpin for this theory, uh, was all created around the the iconic scene where Wendy asks Jack when she she walks up to him and he's on his typewriter, and he's typing away. And she asks him how his writing is coming along. And then you know uh, Nicholson again, superb acting, flies off the handle and tells her that she should never disturb him while he's trying to work. Uh, and goes off the, uh, the you know the reservation as it were, uh, tie back to the Indian burial ground stuff. But anyways, so uh, in that scene, the most noticeable continuity error in the movie happens where a chair is behind Jack uh, Nicholson in one scene, and then vanishes again or during the conversation, only to reappear. Uh, or, or, or well, it, it, it it's not there. It appears and it disappears again. So. Um, and the other thing is at the end of the scene, Jack, after he's ripped the paper out of the typewriter, his hair's standing up on, you know, when all ends like, you know, super crazy, suddenly there's a quick cut. Jack's back at the typewriter. There's a piece of paper back in there that he starts typing on mm-hmm. when he leaves. He's got that look about his face. Like what the fuck did just happen? And his hair is perfectly quaffed again. Now the theory that works backwards from this scene is that Wendy, Imagine that entire blow up in her mind. And it, there's, you know, several versions of how this went about. She was either voicing both her and Jack in the scene while Jack was just watching her. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is my wife doing? <laughs> uh, she was uh, just saying her stuff and responding or, you know, and acting in response to nothing there. Or the, the creepiest of all, she just stood there and stared at him. While he was, you know, while he was looking at her, like, what the fuck are you doing? And then she's turns around and walks away. And he's like, you know, he just, cause that scene that, I mean, it, it fits because the end of that scene, he, he gives her that look like what, what just happened? And like, she just, she leaves. Um, and the, and the theory goes off the fact that any time in the movie where you see Kubrick, Coming from, you know, this big wide angle shot from behind the actors before he comes in, you know, around and actually shows them is all is, is, a, is a symbolism of it being in Wendy's mind and she's imagining this shit. And the continuity errors that are played throughout the entire movie tend to be uh, around, uh, like we said, a lot of the supernatural stuff, but they're also around Wendy. And in particular, that scene, it's like her, her hallucinating mind is seeing stuff that's not there and like, you know, and moving it around as she's like having a delusion. And one of the things they point out in the scene is if you watch previous in the movie, that, that, whole, that main lobby area that he's typing in has this big central uh, decoration piece. It's like this big wooden piece and has all these rugs and stuff. And they're completely gone in that scene. They're not there. And 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 uh, even the you know and then the, of course the the seat itself you know the chair disappears and reappears at various points. Um, working from that point onward, um, it it's basically saying that if you go back to the beginning of the movie, where Danny is talking to to Tony uh, right after Jack calls Wendy, you got to remember there's the scene where in that scene where Almond's doing the interview, he mentions all that stuff about Grady and the twin and the girls or whatever and what happened there to jack and jack makes the comment well my wife is a big ghost story (laughs) slash horror movie fan uh i'm gonna tell her you know she might be interested in this they go uh they you know and that might explain later why charles grady turned into delbert grady and the twin and twins came out of the eight and ten year olds is because whenever jack told her the story he just told her that there was a guy there named grady he had, he had a couple of girls that was with him and they all died. And like her mind that was already predisposed in the believing, or she was a big fan of ghost stories and horror films. Anyways, started working off that delusion and she started filling in the gaps. And that's why Delbert Grady later on, that whole scenes imagined where he's taught where Jack is talking to Delbert Grady, because that's in Wendy's mind. She thought the guy's name was Delbert and that's why it played out that way. Um, there's also the fact that, like, if you see scenes with her in the household, like, there's these stacks of books everywhere, everywhere like a hoarder, and, and she's reading a book.
1: That's in their in their actual house, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And and uh, she's the one that reads because she's the one that's seen reading a book there while Danny's, like, you know, eating a PB&J or whatever he's eating in that scene. And she's reading Catcher in the Rye, and a lot of people point out that that book is about somebody who suffers from paranoid schizophrenia which could be a hint from Kubrick that, you know, Wendy might not be all there. Um, she's also the one that tells the the lady um, that uh, Jack, um, you know, hurt Danny like five months ago or whatever, and then Jack later on says it was three years ago. Maybe Wendy was the one that was like that Munchausen by proxy stuff. Maybe she was the one, and that's where the theory comes in. When Danny wakes up and he's been, you know uh, – talked to by the doctor maybe wendy hurt him in the bathroom at that scene and he and whenever he wakes up he you know like she's she's peeing off all what well, he has to shine she's making that up or whatever that the, all this mental stuff and as her way of explaining away the fact that she's actually hurting him for her own like you know uh, uh attention as it were
1: see to me it's 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 almost more tangible that she's the psycho
2: oh yeah 100 percent. it's yeah, not called hysteria I, I for nothing it's Oh, yeah.
1: 100%. Yeah. And yeah, not that, but it, I could... It, she's psycho, and then he drives him to, like, be crazy, but he's not being crazy because he wants to hurt her. He's being crazy because he wants to protect her kid.
0: Well there's that theory you know you mentioned about dick you know showing up you know he's he gets called from danny well the scene right about the point of that where uh wendy is talking to jack and she's blaming him and in their bedroom uh for being the one that that hurt danny or whatever a lot of people pointed out that there's a lot of continuity errors in that room there's lamps missing there's a light fixture that's that's suddenly there that wasn't there earlier and that's one of the things that i think goes against the argument that you know these continuity errors are like kubrick being a shit director why would he add a light fixture in a scene specifically and then remove it in every other scene there's there's something to but that the only thing i can think um, of is
1: that because he took so many takes and he wanted the right there's but only but some if, scenes i've had a bunch
2: like, of shakes
0: but even if he took a million takes my argument is it's like why would he add that in, in between one of the takes like it appears out of nowhere. Like, I mean, like, it, it's there for that scene and it's gone. And there's a lot of other scenes around Wendy where light fixture, like the switches, light switches on the wall. Because you got to remember,
2: white. as discussed at the beginning of this, Stanley Kubrick is a perfectionist, which is why he does so many takes. So even if he had added those and taken them away, he, he would have like been like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why was this here and then not there? A lot of the theory is that because he was such a perfectionist, he would have noticed that and he wouldn't have done that without a reason.
0: But, um, so we, we have that, um, you know, the, 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 riding up to the overlook, uh, Wendy's going on about the Donner party and all that stuff. And, you know, a lot <laughs> of people make that point of, you know, uh, and, and, you know, cannibalism that goes back to human violence and all that stuff. But, you know, a lot of people make the comment that, you know, that's one of the first signs that Jack is, like, misogynist, misogynistic ass-toe because he just kind of, like, plays off Wendy's whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah, he's got that look on his face that but, Nicholson does so But the well. thing
1: is, too, he's by that era, he's, he wasn't technically – if you were in that era, he wouldn't see me outside the box.
2: No, not by, not at all.
1: That's what I'm saying. But if well, you no. if, if you look at it from modern day, he's like, yeah, he's, he's like, dude, this dude's a little over the top, but – in the context of the area he's in, that was probably pretty norm.
0: Well, and, but the other argument is too, on the Wendy theory, maybe he was acting flippant to her about all that stuff because he, he lived with a woman that he'd known for years had like mental issues, yeah. you know, and, and that was his way of dealing with it. He just kind of had to just let it go. It's like, if I, if I give into this delusion, she's going to go off the rails with it. So that, that kind of makes sense. Um, there's the fact that whenever they get to the, the, the tracks, tra- the, the track that you see Danny on throughout most of the movie where, uh, it, the, all those scenes are in, in Wendy's head because when you watch the beginning of the movie, whenever Jack's reading the playgirl of all things, um, the, the track that's beside of him there, that's, that's assumed to be Danny's cause it's got all their luggage beside of it. It's white. But if you watch the rest of the movie, it's red. Another little like continuity thing that, you know, like maybe it's in Wendy's mind, like she's changing stuff because, you know, she's, it's just like her, you know, and her delusion, she's just not remembering things exactly the same way. Um, you notice the thing with the light switches being in the wrong place or uh, or there and disappeared whenever she uh, uh, throws Jack into the pantry later on. Like there's a light switch that's not there, but it is whenever uh, Dick shows her into the pantry. The whole scene where she's in the pantry with Dick, there's that, you know, arguing that whole thing about Danny and Dick talk. Well, the way that Kubrick filmed that, going from that idea that anytime he feels from behind somebody that he's kind of showing you like this unreliable narrator, that happens in that scene right before... Danny, you know, suddenly, uh, supposedly hears Dick say that. And one of the big things is up above them, there's a continuity error where there's these three canisters of Kool-Aid that are sitting beside Tang. They were not there prior to that, that quick cut, uh, you know, that, that led into all that. And whenever they go to leave the pantry, they disappear again. The interesting thing about that is those Kool-Aid canisters are exactly the same Kool-Aid canisters that are on Wendy's refrigerator at the beginning of the movie. Oh. tying in that, you know, maybe she, you know, is the one that's seen that, you know, like it all goes back into the Wendy theory of it all. Um, uh, whenever, um, let's see, uh, th- there's also the, the whole thing with people mentioning Dissolves and all that. Well, the fact that whenever uh, the 237 scene, you know, the uh, room 237, Danny is sitting outside that room playing, We have, like I already mentioned, the pattern is there one way. It does a quick cut, again, unreliable at that point, seen behind him. Goes in uh, when it switches back to his face, which is the point where uh, Wendy's imagining all these these things. uh, The pattern's completely changed, and then Danny makes a comment where he yells out for mom. Now, like a lot of people, you know, might argue, well, he's just calling for mom because you know that's you know that's first thing you would think of. You were a kid and you saw something weird, like a ball roll up. But the theory is, is that Wendy was in two thirty seven. She was, uh, you know, she was the one that had opened it. She was in there while Danny was playing. And then whenever he yells mom, it's because he knows that she's in the room. And whenever he opens or goes to open the door, they do that, that quick dissolve where it superimposes Wendy into room 237, hinting that maybe she was the one that choked Danny in that room. Another of that Munchausen by proxy where she's trying to lay all this stuff on Jack that she's actually doing herself and her psychosis because that, where that scene changed right before that, you can't really trust that what's happening, you know, or what Danny's seeing is what's really happening. It could be all in, in Wendy's head. See, too um, I
1: wish they would have built more context in, in like, it's hard to say because it's all speculation because <laughs> you jump a month into them being there. So there's a month you don't get to see any type of weird interactions or anything it, it yeah, all of a sudden you're a month in, you don't know like what's been happening in the dynamics of everybody's interpersonal relationships. And I'm, I'm kind of curious uh, what happened in that month, that initial month buildup.
2: Well, the sperm bank wasn't collecting any sperm. We know that much. <laughs>
0: That's true. Here's another creepy thing about the movie that I didn't notice until they pointed out in the Wendy theory. You know the scene right before Danny goes up to get his fire uh, truck or whatever from uh, Jack and that has that whole creepy scene we've already talked about with the sexual abuse? Yeah. If you look at the TV that Wendy is supposedly watching, it's not plugged in okay there's no cord coming out at tv
2: i remember you saying that however when i was watching it i was i had forgotten that we had discussed this and i had forgotten that you had sent me that youtube link and i was like where is that tv plugged in at because they didn't have long cords
0: no, and, and they didn't I mean, and so that TV's not plugged in anywhere. It's the theory is is that Wendy is like basically staring off into nothing and Danny is watching the snowfall behind the TV and that he's kind of bored, so that's why he wants his yeah. fire truck and that's why he asked her that. And the whole scene where uh Jack is in the room with Danny is of course when, when Danny goes up to get the fire truck you begin wendy's you know uh hallucinations again she's imagining what's occurring in in that room with between the two of
2: them women be crazy um, we'd be creating all kinds of theories in our heads too so she, i could totally see I, that
1: i didn't even realize that the tv wasn't plugged in or anything it's funny you say that because i'm thinking about it right now i was like holy shit!
2: well because you saw where the tv was at right yeah where like there, there was a there was a pillar on this side. And nothing on this side of you're facing the TV. So, to the right, there was a pillar, but there was no cord going to it. And then to the left, there wasn't anything that could have been plugged in. No, it was in the
1: the middle of the room.
2: Yeah. There was nowhere, unless there was an extension cord underneath the carpet, something like that. But even then, you couldn't see it on the stand that the TV was on. So, it was just really weird. It's like, where is this TV plugged in? And ironically maybe it was in the back of my head because he had sent me a YouTube link. I watched it and it did say that it was like, Hey, by the way, did you notice this TV wasn't plugged in, but they're watching something. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Now that I was realizing that during the, I was like, where is that TV plugged in? And I don't know why I thought about that either. Well,
1: I'm curious to the outlet was on the floor. Cause some of those, that's true. You have outlets. But even then, I mean, that's all speculation, too.
0: Even the way that they framed it, though, it, it's one of those TVs that's, like, on legs. Yeah. And you don't see anything coming from behind yeah, it at all. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but now um, but now that you look at it like that, as though he's just sitting there staring at the snow, like playing like this is boring.
2: Boring as fuck. Yeah, it would make sense. Yeah. And
0: well, that's the and way to the be the fair, it plays out
1: perfectly.
0: To
2: be fair too, they were watching some boring old black and white film that you and Noah would love, but and Benny probably, but I'd be like, Yeah, I'm gonna go play the fire track.
0: Well, maybe, but I mean like it, it plays out perfectly to match that that theory and oh one hundred percent
2: I think Wendy now, was a crazy some... bitch.
0: Here's the most chilling uh, part of this theory. When Wendy knocks out Jack later on with the bat and mm-hmm. he rolls down the steps and she drags him into the pantry, that whole entire scene in the pantry with Jack you know, and, and Grady where he's talking through the wall, that's all in Wendy's head. The theory is, is that when Wendy knocked him out, she drug him straight out into the, the hedge maze and left his ass out there to die. And the uh, you know, that would explain the supernatural elements completely away. If that was all in her head and she heard him talking to somebody that wasn't there, uh, the, there's another continuity error where there's a light switch. That's not there on the outside of the pantry door. That was whenever Dick showed her into the pantry. Yeah.
1: I did distinctly remember that. Mm-hmm. I just say that.
0: Um, the, there's an edit of the scene that that's been shown on the internet a few times where, uh, Jack's like frozen corpse or whatever, where it zooms out. The snow is almost all the way up to his shoulders. Now a lot of people argue that there, is, I mean, and it's cut in closer in the film, so that's not as apparent. But there's no way that that snow uh, could have built up that far unless he'd been out there almost all night, way before he ever went out there after chasing them through the hotel and all that other stuff that went on. Um, so the theory is, is he got drugged directly out into the maze and just left to die because Wendy was just totally off the rails at that point, and she she killed the man that she thought was abusing their son, which the whole time was. Her own abuse is the is the Wendy's theory that's a good one I think if you watch the movie it fits the best of all oh one hundred
2: percent one hundred percent fits way better because I always I always and thought is- that there was no ghosts in the film for real and that it was just jack that was crazy but then couldn't explain other things it, even with Wendy, okay say the scene in the pantry did happen what if it was jack talking to wendy saying he was going to change and he's apologizing and and then instead of grady letting him out the ghost it was wendy trying to give him another chance that that's a possibility
0: too. It that could be thrown out yeah here, here's the other thing. When she starts freaking out herself, and I mean, regardless of the Wendy theory, she legit goes crazy herself in the movie and starts seeing the 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 skeletons and the bloody you know elevator and all that stuff. She is the one that sees the bear suit guy. She's the one that sees that scene. Yeah, that scene makes way more context if you go from the idea that she's crazy and and she's been imagining this entire time that her son or that her son's being you know sexually abused by the by the dad. That, that plays into that whole theory, too, and kind of encapsulates it. It was all Wendy imagining that Jack was doing that stuff to his son.
1: Oh, my did, God. Did, did, did anybody ever ask Stanley Kubrick about any of this stuff?
2: He won't confirm or deny.
1: Well, he's dead now. <laughs> I don't now. know
0: if he would even admit it at
1: this point. Yeah.
2: Well, he, like <laughs> Noah said, he, he is a deceased man.
0: But I, I'm going to ask, you know, does this one fit you a little bit better than some of the other ones? I think it fits way better than the rest of them myself. But
1: I, I think her being a psychopath is more tangible. Wow. No, I'm serious.
0: You're a little close <laughs> to home, hon. No, I'm just kidding.
1: No, I'm, I'm serious. She was dealing with a drunk husband for a lot of years, and she just internalized a lot of that shit.
2: and he was sober, so. Well, I mean, even, well, he became sober. With-
0: That even goes into that scene in the pantry where he's, like, talking to Grady because a lot of people point out the fact that he, you know, Grady has that comment, like, your wife got one over on you, Torrance. She's smarter than you are. That's, like, a wife who's been, like, having to put up with shit for years, like, living through her fantasy in her mind. It's, like, you know, I I outsmarted you, I got you, you, bitch.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, and I I know Jack Nicholson, his character is, uh, obviously he plays a really good character, but, like, when she accuses him of of attacking the kid at the hotel, his genuine like, what the fuck? No, I didn't, you know? <laughs>
1: like, I'm sleeping. Let me sleep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well and and here's the other line. She she goes to the set you know she changes her tune Partway through the movie, and says, "You know, there's a crazy woman up there that attacked uh, Danny." Well, she's the she's crazy the woman. Crazy woman. Yeah. That I mean, she admits it; that she's saying it herself at that point.
2: I mean, full disclosure: I would totally <laughs> take a hot steamy bath in that room because that room had a really nice tub, and I am all about those baths. <laughs> <laughs> kid came in there. You know what I'm going to do? Beat the shit out of my kid because I'm taking a nice hot bath. Quit, quit bothering me, okay?
0: <laughs> um. I don't I, I just think it fits the best. but uh you know, moving on to the the craziest theory that I've on this one. <laughs> yeah, this this one's even crazier. So the whole dark side of the moon, like you know, like syncing up with a pink Floyd. Or, oh, isn't that you know, what you with, messaged me last night? With, uh yeah, this <laughs> one um, I was like oh so god. This theory was put on room two thirty seven and has some validity to it. <laughs> The, if you take a version of the shining that you're playing backwards from the end and you overlay it over top of a movie that's playing from the beginning, there are scenes that actually sync up in their thematic like you know importance and actually like it, it to a scary degree. like they mirror each other like the scenes. What kind of um, engineer
2: do you have to be, aka Stanley Kubrick, <laughs> to put that together for it to work out that way? I could see Stanley Kubrick trying to do that based off what type of person uh, he was.
0: I can imagine it, too, and the guy who pointed out the video says that, yeah, it seems crazy if you were doing it live and it would be impossible, but remember, Kubrick did all those takes so he could manipulate the narrative at the end, and he did all this in the editing room, so yeah. you this really could be a possibility considering all the amount of takes that he had to go off of that he could change things enough to where they synced up. Oh,
2: my um, God.
0: The strangest example of this goes back to the pedophile thing that we talked about because the scene where Danny is talking to Tony in the bathroom right before it's hinted that, there, that it's, he's been sexually abused syncs up perfectly with a part of the movie where the bear is giving a blowjob to the old man. Like they're, they're, the, they, exact, they occur at exactly the same time in the movie if played, you know, like if you play one movie in reverse. and one backwards.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Who has this kind of time and what kind of drugs are you on?
0: He's the best. That's all I can say. I mean, this is like—I mean, this is definitely
2: like Wizard of Oz and fucking the whole. What album was that? The
0: yeah, Dark Side of the Moon. It, yeah. That's
2: the name of the album. Yeah. Holy um, shit! The,
0: another example of this is where the torrents are driving to the hotel, and Wendy mentions the Donner Party and cannibalism, and it's it, it, it's the time in the movie where that syncs up is the time in the movie where Jack is breaking through the doors and he says, "Little pig, little pig, let me in." You know, and the cannibalism kind of like you know uh, the whole theme about that sinks up between the two of them. (laughs) Um, People
2: have too much time on their hands. Uh,
0: I'm just,
1: I'm I'm just wondering who, like, I'm trying to wrap my head around this.
2: (laughs) Have you ever watched the The Wizard of Oz to Dark Side of the Moon? Yeah, Mike played that for me one time. My mom's husband, and it legit goes really all, fucking well
0: the, the creepiest part is the lunatics on the path and that's when yes. the the scarecrow jumps down like off of the you know and, and he jumps onto the the you know the yellow brick road like that gives me chills every time i see that scene because it's so it syncs up so much
2: <laughs> well that's the thing is like okay as crazy as all this shit is People who have too much time on their hands, aren't you kind of glad somebody had a bunch of time on their hands? First of all, somebody had (laughs) so much time on their hands to possibly create this to be that way. There's a possibility that somebody legit did that. And at the end, okay, and say that they didn't, somebody figured out some kind of algorithm was like, this fucking works out, and it had nothing to do with it. It's just something in the universe lined up for it to work out.
1: If you you work hard enough, you can eventually draw connections to anything
2: 100 percent. that's how women operate on a daily basis
1: (laughs) so Um, we're the geniuses
2: really
0: another example of this in the movie that he goes on a ton of them but one of them i thought was interesting was that grady talking about how he took care of his girls and his wife syncs up with danny seeing the grady twins as he rides on his bike like they they're opposite of each other (laughs) uh so uh, the funny thing about this though is the guy like has this 2 hour video about this. Oh my god. Because he, he, he took two uh, to he took the room 237 like you know mirror uh, or red room editions what they call it when you play it like backwards Oh That's okay. The oh
2: that makes sense.
0: Um which if you go if you look at the fact that there's so many mirrors in the movie the fact that red rum is backwards i could see kubrick honestly in the editing room like fuck let's you know he pops some lsd let's let's do it guys let's make this let's make this bitch work backwards um just like a mirror um it doesn't not make sense this, this goes even crazier, though, because this thing syncs up with, like, four or five different things. It's not like just The Wizard of Oz, like Dark Side of the Moon. This syncs up with three different old movies. It syncs up with Abbey Road, the album by the Beatles, and he makes a comment that what got him thinking about this whole entire thing was there were several scenes where Wendy... Uh, Ullman, uh, Jack, and then that other guy that's like, you know, kind of over the hotel are walking behind each other and they're walking exactly the same way as the Beatles on the cover of Abbey Road. And like, when you play the album Abbey Road, like either frontward or backwards, depending on which way or the, you know, like whichever, I mean, if you're whichever way you're playing the movie, if you play the the music, there's some element of the music that syncs up to this fucking movies is, and the guy has like proof of it. Oh and it's God. the weirdest fucking thing. It's
1: just coincidental. So it's. Not-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with you on that. It's just, it's fucking crazy as hell. That I want to see like that guy's
1: room who drew these conclusions. Yeah. Like through. he's what got that?
2: like pictures on the wall with string. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God.
0: You, you want to see this video because it goes even more detailed than that. Okay. So two thirty seven appears all throughout the movie. There's like some kind of pattern design on the wall where there's like this diamond pattern behind Jack's head. There's two diamonds on one side. It's like a uh, three diamonds across or something. And there's like, and then or half diamonds uh, on the edges and then there's seven full diamonds on the inside meaning 237 uh, there's 23 steps uh, leading down from the lo- down into the lobby. And it's got a side stair that's got, uh, you know, the, the, the other amount, whatever the seven or where it's 23 and seven or something. There's uh, the same pattern that's supposed to be in the maze. Like if you look at the way the maze is set up, there's a 23 and seven that perfectly mirrors the lobby as far as like, it's design. Like the guy goes like, I mean, I, I was watching it. And I was just like, this guy lost me a long time ago, but this guy is fucking insane. that he even went this far into doing this. <laughs> um,
2: You know, what's going to happen now is that in over a span of weeks, maybe a few months, I'm going to start seeing how 237 is tied to my husband and his work number and all the things that's affected in his life.
1: God, dude. Yep. You know, I I wish somebody could interview Stanley Kubrick and his response to be like, what the fuck are you talking about?
2: Well, wasn't he notorious for not (laughs) confirming things like this?
0: well, and if you go the conspiracy theory route that he actually did f- help fake the moon landing, do you think a guy that was smart enough to yeah. be able to pull that shit off would actually admit to anything ever about anything he ever did? Took I that think shit I, to the grave. I, I just, you know.
1: <laughs> well, the, 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 see, this is where people would get a little off because the moon landing was filmed in a studio, but it was just to re- reinterpret what happened on, on the moon to a degree.
2: Yeah, somebody was saying that it like it was live and there was no, audio. And I'm no, like, was no. it live? It made me think, yeah. okay, wait a second. We didn't have great, you know. A wireless connection. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, so well, that makes that, sense that we wouldn't. But so the, they filmed the it they and then replayed this. it?
0: Yeah. Okay. That's the thing about throws me about the moon landing. It's the fact that you know you have the people that say it's a, it's it was a whole it was all a conspiracy, or you have the people that say that it was that the conspiracy theorists are bullshit. I think they're somewhere in the middle because you take the fact that you know they would have had to been on a time delay if nothing else, if they even oh, had that technology,
2: which they and didn't. They're
0: talking. They're talking to you know those astronauts like you know like we're on a telephone or something. It's like immediate response. Like that right there shows you that something was up with that that whole yeah.
1: thing. If they would have just been um, honest, like we we won't know. Like, there's no way that like.
2: <laughs> okay, what do you and Avi have to say about the the moon landing?
0: My personal, you
2: get him that and Avi are all about fucking conspiracy I'm old, theories. I'm all about them too. They but go I, wild. I
1: like them, but I, I like just to entertain them.
2: Don and I just kind I, of sit in the background. Like, I like popsicles <laughs> when they're talking <laughs> conspiracy theories. Uh,
0: they're they're like, I like turtles.
2: I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
0: Um. I, I think I go the full way on it because like they came out with shit in recent years. Like they can't go back to the moon because of the radiation belt and some other stuff and how they lost the technology, dude, it's not been that long. It's not like you lost like the, the way the ancient Egyptians lost how to build pyramids. Like that's, you know, I, I I, I look at it. I look
1: at it from the position of the cost benefit analysis. So if you understand the moon doesn't have a lot of useful material, that we need immediately, then there's not really a big market to go there because it doesn't yield anything.
2: As Mike would say, if there was big, tittied, hot vampire <laughs> women up there, men would have created a way, a, a, a direct path to the moon. They'd, We'd have the technology by now if for sure we knew there were a hot alien life well, forms up there. <laughs> it,
1: you don't even got to do that. Let's just look at the example what the moon is. So it's a rock. Okay, cool. So if any resource you want to get, you have to extract it. Okay, so if you want to extract resources from the earth, how much equipment does it take? Oh, it takes giant mining equipment and a ton of fuel. Well, then what's the use of going to the moon? That means you'd have to figure out a way to get equipment there, figure out a way to supply the fuel, that means you have to provide air because it's an internal combustion engine. So if you start running down the math analogy, there's no it's like, way. There's no. It's not worth it. Yeah. There's no yeah, cost the way, benefit analysis. The
0: only way that makes sense is if you build one of those sky elevators they talked about. You know, like <laughs> where you can like you know get the 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 stuff to the space station yeah. and then go from there to mine it or something. But even then,
1: you'd have to come up with a fuel source that can run in 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 a, in a vacuum. And not like that, but if you understand what happens to any type of bearing in a vacuum they almost seize immediately so all bearings have to be sealed it gets super complex when you understand the dynamics of working in a vacuum and not that but the lack of air something that we take for granted
2: okay tech
0: 237 Um, but but it's kind of funny that the movie i don't know if you all have seen it the netflix movie that that came out recently called don't look up uh, yes that was actually hella good uh, so if there was a have if, not if seen the it. moon had a bunch of like minerals, like you know, expensive minerals or gold on it, fuck yeah, we'd be on the moon right we'd, now. We'd be we'll figuring out, here. yeah.
1: You
2: know what's funny is Big that time. women that, there's
1: so much truth to that statement.
2: Women swear up and down, not women, people, spiritual people will say of sorts, will collect. I have my own set of crystals and rocks that I really, really like. One of them I had to throw out, not throw out, I put it away. It was a, it was actually a piece of meteorite. It was cursed. It, I don't know what it is. I don't know what kind of radiation that thing emits, but those things are kind of hard to hold. It's Cosmic cool. horror. Yes, exactly. So women will collect these, okay? My daughter even has a collection, and she's made, I swear to God, she made this little sit ritual thing to try to draw Bill Purry back home, our cat. Okay. Our daughter is a hidden witch. Okay. We don't know. She doesn't get that from my side of the family. But we collect these rocks. Why have women not created the technology to get to the moon? What kind of a stone would you have if you had a piece of the moon? You know?
1: We have we have pieces the of the moon.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I, but it's not being sold on the market to women as here. This will help you. it align your chakra. You know,
1: see, I 100 percent believe that we went there. I know. I I am pretty confident that we filmed it. Well, we
2: got Rover up there now and everything.
1: Well, China is going to the moon, but even then, I, I I think they're doing it just to to say we did it.
2: The ac- the Chinese are just going up there with their acrobatics, though. They're that's how they're getting there. They don't <laughs> really? need fuel. They've they've okay. cracked the code.
1: No, I, I think the whole idea of Mars is more tangible as we have a better understanding. Of Doesn't how to,
2: Mars actually have life form on there, like look, water and things no, like that? the water's
1: frozen. Bit, yeah. It's frozen water. But the thing is, uh, Mars is littered with carbon, which is a prime element we need to actually terraform. Because you can convert carbon into air, oxygen.
2: Oh, yeah. Clean. So-
1: yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, You just have to figure out a way to heat it up. There, I mean, there's a, there's all kinds of theories out there about how long it would take and all that. But they they've got theories on how to. We'll do just it.
2: move it. We'll just scoot it a little closer to the sun. It'll be it'll be totally fine. <laughs> I
1: I think it's sustainable um, where it's at. We just got to figure out as technology gets better. We're we're gonna be we'll be golden.
0: So, uh, what's your all's takeaway after all these theories? My biggest one is that there are continuity errors for sure. I mean, you can't watch this movie after picking apart and not see them. Uh, I think it was intended to kind of make the viewer doubt what they're seeing and like what's being told to them. And uh, the unending violence uh, theme, I could see him uh, easily working that in there, even if you don't work in all the other stuff that people – because they even went so far as to like work in that he's, like, referencing, like, Greek myth with, like – there's, like, Mount Vesuvius. It's, like, shown in several, like, background shots. And there's, like, the whole hedge maze and how uh, he's, like, superimposed onto a scene with Danny and and Wendy, like, uh, at one point. Like, he's the Minotaur stalking them in the maze. Like, there's a lot of that, you know, going on, so –
1: well, I I think um, the fact that I, that Jack Nicholson character is so good, it pulls you into him, and you lose all the other small nuances. Yeah, one
2: hundred percent.
0: You totally lose it for him. Like if you just his facial like reactions, like are perfect in this movie. He looks
1: like crazy the from the beginning that. of just, the film. Well, just everything about his character, what happens, the the evolution of him, and all that. You get so wrapped up in him, his fall that you you can miss all these little other nuances.
2: Yeah, and Wendy like comes off so like sweet and innocent and and helpless that you would never think, you know. Well, bitches be crazy. She's <laughs> <Jesus, I go>. a <laughs> And at the end like of the day, it's scene. true. Women are crazy.
0: I like that scene where, uh, you know, he, she's got that baseball bat and, like, he's, he's you know, he's talking to her and he's like, oh, you think we should take him to the doctor? Oh, uh, well, that just was annoying me. His inflection and the way he just, his facial, I just love it. I love what he'd done in that movie.
2: Yeah, that that was a good scene because it really, it really made me hate him. I'm like, I will fuck you <laughs> up with this baseball bat. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's what you want to uh, do. You, you're, you're, you got to drive the emotion. Yeah, so it sells. No,
2: no, no. And and he and he's got that. We, there's there, there's no debate on it. Um, My theory you know totally changed from thinking he was the crazy person. I mean, a woman will drive a man crazy. Let's just let's just <laughs> let's just put that out there. So the I could totally see now because she was annoying in the film, too, with her all the time and everything. And so I could totally see her fucking getting on his last fucking nerve to where he just fucking blows up.
1: You, you know what makes me laugh in a movie is watching her smoke around him all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, if, if that's any in indication. The yeah, but, yeah, but but that's an indication of the error. Like, oh, yeah, 100%. other but, but but, then offering the doctor cigarettes. Yeah, but but if you understand that, then you should understand the error of what it was in. So, like, I don't look at Jack Nicholson's character as so much of a bad guy, other than he's a man of the error is more than anything. I looked the way I looked at it.
0: Here's the funny thing that goes along with what you were talking about. The cigarettes. It's uh there's a meme out there now that somebody talked about and it's like, I've never been more nervous watching a horror film than uh, watching the ash from Wendy cigarette when she's talking to the doctor. And oh shit. Longer, and longer.
1: Yeah, dude, that part. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs>
0: which is another sign that she could be fucking crazy cuz she doesn't ash the you know tap the cigarette to get the ash out of it
1: completely oblivious Yeah. she's just completely oblivious just to holding
2: it. it and i don't even remember i mean i i looked and i i could have just missed it my I, my vision last night was not great so i probably just missed this but um i never really saw smoke coming off that cigarette very much i did you did okay yeah, it was i lit. was having a hard no, time it was it was
1: a, it was a lit cigarette
2: okay I was missing a lot. Well, my, well, ear- c- my earring and my vision was was off last well, night.
1: Cigarettes will burn. If you light a cigarette and you don't even touch it, it'll burn no, all the way down. No, I'm,
2: I'm, I know that. Yeah, so
1: she don't got to hit it. it. It's just going to yes. burn out.
0: <laughs> so um, what's what's your all's So Who wants to go first on this?
2: Uh, I'll go first. This is uh, a movie that you definitely have to see at least once. Um, If you have not seen this movie, I don't know what you're doing. It's just one of those horror films. Obviously, based off of our conversation, it'll make you think a lot about what, because we all, I don't know, Reverend, what your perception was. Because I know what my husband thought. I had something different that I was thinking. So it's one of those films that'll get you thinking. And it will kind of, it has a few things that will kind of scare you to your core a little bit, depending on what kind of a horror film person. Are you a creeper or or a peeper, you know? As in, uh, scared to death, we'll ask you. Um, I'm a little bit of both, obviously. Um, total, watching this movie again, total snooze fest for me. I mean, I... Wow. even Even thinking about the, all the psychology and everything, it's not one of these movies I'm dying to watch again. But it's still a good film, so I'm going to have to go a little more than in the middle. I'm going to have to give it about a three and a half, uh... Okay. is what I would give it on The Rotten Corpses because while I think it's a snooze fest, I can't deny what went into this film and how good of a film it actually is.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was an amazing piece of art. Like, it, it had so many things that 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 needed to be there to make it work. From the music to, like, the jump cuts that actually didn't cut to anything but it, it alleged on the idea that it might. Which sets up later on all like when stuff really starts going off the rail, because you don't know if they're gonna cut or not cut or what they're gonna show. It leaves a lot of open endedness for them to really, really pour on the suspense at the very end. It it like from start to finish, it was just it was the the scene's awesome, the cast was good, all the characters, everything about it really everything just works in general. Like it, it didn't it didn't feel like the story was a stretch it felt like it flowed like you could see a natural chain of events like something like this transpiring so so what is your what score? You get out of 5 a 4 out of 5 four a 4.5 five. okay i'm
0: going to go five out of five certified fresh on this and i'll tell you why this movie used to be a lot lower i was in uh, the uranus camp like i was about a three or two and a half something like that years ago because i I, there's parts of the miniseries i like better because it sticks closer to the novel uh just just for you know full you know uh transparency the that Stephen King novel is one of the few that's actually ever scared me. Like reading it, like whenever I read the Miss Mas- the way he describes that that scene with Miss Massey inside of Room Two Thirty Seven, is one of the most hair raising like you know in a book like descriptions that I, it actually put me on edge while I was reading it. So I I mean the book is a knockout, and the fact that Kubrick like you know uh, intentionally diverted away from it kind of pissed me off for years. But after going down the rabbit hole with all this stuff and like realizing what Kubrick actually, whether he did it intentionally or whether it was a mistake or whatever, the the, the the music alone, the way they worked that into the movie, just I got a lot more appreciation for the artistry that he had in the movie, regardless of the, I mean, as a scary movie, it does, I mean, it's not, I'm actually more scared still by the miniseries just because of the. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a supernatural horror person than I am a human horror. Like I, that's just how I am. And so like just what Uranus was talking about earlier with the way that they did the makeup and stuff like that. And that works way, way better for me as far as the horror element. But this movie just hands down is, it's got the artistry that like I, few films have honestly. So uh, that's why I'm giving it a five out of five. It, it's, I mean, it earns it just for the artistry alone.
1: Yeah, the venue, the the music, the jumps, the way it transitions, like there's all these things that you subconsciously don't pay attention to but they build suspense. And then when it gets to the end, you don't know. Like it I think they're more all critical parts of building the story.
0: And 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 he the unreliable the continuity errors and stuff that that even subconsciously you might be noticing but you don't realize we're there are making you uh, you know kind of guess your own self and the way he out like none of the directions that they go in the hotel i didn't really get into this but the way that they have danny like going in the hotel like the the hotel would not exist the way that it is in the movie because the way it's cut it's Im- it's impossible like there's it, when he first sees the uh or the Grady twins or whatever, he, he jumps to another floor, like instantly between cuts, like, you know, so even like the layout of what you're seeing before you use like a maze. And in other words, it's like a mirror maze to the one that's the hedge maze at the end. Um, and I think that was intentional on, on Kubrick's behalf. So, uh, I was given over Christmas by Avi, Daphne, whatever she wants to go by <laughs> a, a trivia, a trivia book, and, uh, I read all the ones for the Shining. I was gonna put one in here, but we covered every bit of it. So it makes it a little too easy. So I'm going to go with a different, uh, uh, Chris or well, uh, uh, winter themed, uh, thing. I'm going with the thing, John Carpenter's the thing. And no, I know, you know, the answer to this. So don't answer this nah. This is for the, the listeners. The first, one. Uh, I want to go, uh, every episode, uh, if, if you want to uh, join us on, uh, Instagram and what's that Instagram account again, Urania? Uh,
2: it is death holler. <laughs> a death holler podcast on instagram okay there you go
0: um if you want to go on there like after you listen to this and kind of post what the answer is you know we might give you a shout out on the next episode we kind of want to work in some like you know listener you know uh uh feedback and 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 get some listener involvement but uh so in the movie the thing this is the the trivia who played the helicopter pilot rj mccready And that one should be pretty easy for anybody who's a horror film fan, but just throwing it out there is a, like a lead into some more complicated stuff.
1: Slap that smoke Um, wagon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That might've been a hint for you. Uh, So you all have any plugs that you want to throw out there for a blue collar BS?
2: Uh, The usual blue-collar BS is every Friday night, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Hot Mess Express has been going hot every Wednesday, uh, 7 p.m. Ho-fo show. Yeah, for show. We got the ho show. Ho-fo show. what was
0: that time again on that? Uh,
2: 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Wednesday. So we have a couple of shows lined up, actually.
1: I'm going to be doing one with Dr. Death, too. We're going to do a Lead Paint Chips where yes. we do a deep dive into cinema.
2: And that's not going to be anything like, well, I guess this isn't live, but yeah, that's just going to be recorded in the studio and put out, you know, no specific date frame for that. So uh, the the Reverend and my husband will be getting together and having their own
1: little <laughs> horror show. It's not a horror show. It's just a...
2: Not a horror show, but deep dive yeah. into... So
1: we do a show on the, on the side called Lead Paint Chips where we do deep dives into a single topic and expand out of them. So this one will be kind of cinema and art. And like the cultural impacts, kind of thing.
2: All surrounded by horror.
1: No, it'll be
2: what? <laughs> I thought you said horror. I th-
1: no, it, it, I it, think it's he's a,
0: just insinuating it's like uh, movies in general and how they kind of represent boo. the public uh, collectiveness. And
1: I think they're I think, uh, I think some movies are more of a driver of the culture than you can realize.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, think about when the movie uh, "The Passion of the Christ" came out. How many people were like, "Oh my god!" Like, I remember that was huge. <laughs> like, oh my god! Yeah. That was massive.
2: I was like, "Snooze fest." Really? I watched it. I I thought it was okay, but it's not a movie. It's not one of those movies. It's an art film, so it's not one of those movies I'll watch again.
1: Okay. Those
2: <laughs> movies. There's many reasons why I won't watch a movie again. It got to be this extremely amazing film for me to be like, I want to watch this again. Actually, maybe okay. a pretty horrible let, film. Let me
1: break your little frame so everybody can get a better context of you. What do you think of the movie Braveheart? I've never seen it. Exactly. Oh there we go. uh, maybe
2: I haven't seen it all the way through. Um, hey, what
1: about Rob Roy?
2: I don't know, yeah, no.
1: That's another amazing movie.
2: Okay, but by whose standards? By yours?
1: Uh by the consensus of people in general.
2: Okay, well, I'm not everybody.
1: Okay, hold on. Dr. Death, what's your what's your what's your view on Braveheart and Rob Roy?
0: I'm gonna throw this out there before you get mad at me. I've not actually seen Rob Roy, but I love Braveheart, so um, oh what! Uh, see, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> you would like Rob Roy. Rob Roy is pretty good. It takes it takes it takes place on the aftermath of the storyline of the, of because well, if you study history, you understand the whole idea of William Wallace is based on a real person and accounts that kind of closely follow history, and Rob Roy yeah. comes kind of falls out in the aftermath of that, of after the okay. after they kind of start after this, the Scottish get their independence to a degree.
2: So, again, the, there's a couple, if a movie's just not, it's if it's an artistic film, but it's a good film, I'll watch it, and I'll like it, but I won't watch it again. And then if a movie is too goddamn scary, I'll never fucking watch it again. Okay,
1: what about Last of the Mohicans?
2: <sighs> I didn't like it. Yep. I did, yeah, it, it's it's one of it's one of those films like, that is I, an
1: amazing piece of art.
2: I get the historical alleged historical representation and everything that it's supposed to bring.
1: There were that that one's not based on history. That's just somebody took an idea and, and yes, exactly and, and made it.
2: But they took it off of a piece of history.
1: Yeah, they did one hundred
2: percent. And but, I get what it's supposed to represent. I, I just wasn't. It's just not my thing.
0: A, I think that one might actually be based on a novel, if I remember yes. right. So. <clears throat> yeah. Well. With that, peace be with you.
2: And with your spirit. Oh God. He's like when Kayla screams penis at the end of Hot Mess Express. He's gotta throw in his little piece.
1: That's what you should do. You should you should take that clip from Beetlejuice when and uh, they're dressed up as ghosts and Lydia goes and yanks his sheets off. Oh God. When uh when her mom's sleeping with yeah. Prince Valium? Yeah.
2: Oh my god. All right. Well I'm hitting the stop record. That'd
1: be hilarious.